Hi, welcome back to the Only Real Cure to Borderline Personality Disorder podcast. I'm Shamala Del Rosario. I'm 53. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, and I've lived with distorted perceptions for my entire life. A year ago, I stumbled across Brian Barnett, and from that moment, my misperceptions began to unravel. I had been convinced that there was something fundamentally wrong with me and that I was unfixable. As I do continue to do the inner work to root out the underlying subconscious distorted core belief that my feelings are irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth, and therefore so am I, I'll be using this podcast platform to share my insights and thoughts. I strongly suggest that you subscribe to thelastsymptom.com and the last symptom podcasts. And before I'm accused of plagiarism, let me just explain that the last symptom is a free resource that I have had and continue to have the privilege of learning from. And so I will frequently reference Brian Barnett's work. Uh, If you think about it, my recovery is based on his support and approach. I'm still recording this directly onto my phone. So the sound quality isn't that great. So I'm sorry about that. And I'm also still new to this podcasting, so if you can bear with me. So let's just get the disclaimer out of the way before we moved on, move on to talk about today's topic. So just to be clear, these are my personal experiences and insights of borderline personality disorder. I'm not qualified in any field of emotional or mental health. Anyone who chooses to listen is responsible for their own thoughts, feelings and actions. Thank you for all of your feedback and comments. It means a lot. It really, really does. I've managed to get the podcast on, podcast on Apple and Google. So that's absolutely great. And as of now, I've actually had 750 plays, which is bloody amazing. Um, thank you. Thank you. On Wednesday, I took part in a Zoom mental health um, in rural communities policy meeting. And that was really interesting. And I'm really, really pleased that I was able to contribute and raise awareness of borderline personality disorder. Oh, and I've also had some correspondence with other podcasters, so hopefully um, can arrange some guest interviews in the near future, subject obviously to my recording capabilities, of course. So today I was going to talk about my passive um, aggressive behaviour communication style. Truthfully, I don't like admitting this because I'd really prefer to be calm and assertive. I do tell people that I'm calm assertive, but in reality, I'm not. And I I know this through rumination. Looking back over my life, I can honestly say that I had never been able to calmly, calmly state my needs or calmly explain how I felt. And when I say never, I mean never. I hadn't realised that ordering people not to talk to me when I was angry was Firstly aggressive and then passive aggressive as I kind of continued to ignore them. Sometimes like shutting myself away in my room or my home or just kind of blatantly ignoring them whilst going about my my day, my daily business. Kind of often maybe completely blocking that person or just the thing that was actually bothering me. This could and it often did go on for months at a time. Like, you know, that elephant in the room, but never to be discussed. 
not trying to say that I didn't know I was doing it. I did know. But I actually, I thought that this was the, the best thing to do to kind of protect, if you like, yeah, protect others from, from me. What I was doing was really, it was kind of avoiding confrontation. But why, why was I avoiding confrontation? Well, for me, because I knew that confrontation would actually result in me blowing. And I mean, really, really blowing. But back then, this was my coping mechanism, if you like. I didn't know it was a coping mechanism back then either. I just knew that if I perceived I was like misunderstood or lying, manipulating, or being anything other than perfect, something ugly was going to happen. Really, really ugly. And I honestly didn't want that to happen. I mean, I really didn't want to inflict this side of me on anyone. But you know, I never actually once thought that it would be a good idea to calmly state my needs or explain how I felt. That never crossed my mind, never thought about it for a second. So my anger, it would kind of bubble away inside me. Rather than saying anything out loud, I'd, I'd kind of, I'd do my best to contain myself, you know, just to contain it, not let it out. Anything not to let it out. And I'd feel more and more like a, like a tightly coiled spring being wound tighter and tighter. And the inner me kind of fighting against it. And then I'd, I'd internalise my anger. And the spiteful inner critic was more than happy with that, you know. It's got free reign of, of my bank of memories. You know, that bank of every single mistake that I've ever made. Shoving it all down my throat. And then there's kind of no escape from it. But you know, at times, and I've not actually worked out when in my thinking process yet, but at times I, I do, I project that internalised anger onto another person. That same level of hatred towards myself. It's now kind of aimed at my target. So my thinking was like, don't open your mouth, for God's sake, do not open your mouth. But the more I'd be telling myself not to open my mouth, the angrier I'd be getting. You know, like a boiling pot of water just getting hotter and hotter, boiling over the sides and just bubbling and boiling. And that's when I'd know that the, well, how, what can I say, the vicious beast, it was there trying to escape. And once it broke free, there was going to be no way of taking control of it. And this beast, that, that's my tongue. Once I open my mouth, everything spiteful, every spiteful and cruel judgment that I had towards myself, it would be aimed at my target like, like venom. And even after saying the most awful things that weren't true, I wouldn't apologise. That would mean confronting the problem, wouldn't it? For me, it would just have to blow over. Within a few days, it would blow over. I wouldn't mention it. It's on my terms. But because I wouldn't confront the problem, I'd subconsciously kind of like deposit into a new bank account. A new bank account of everything you do. A bank account of everything you do to me 
that I don't like. A bank account that I can withdraw from at any time as kind of like as proof positive that you don't like me or you don't love me. And then I could throw this evidence back in, you know, in later digs. Anyway, a couple of weeks ago, I was still still struggling with this kind of regurgitated anger stuff. But I was determined to try not to not to be passive aggressive with my husband when he returned home after being kind of stuck away abroad during this COVID-19 lockdown. But I was still really annoyed with him. But I'd not I'd not seen him for nearly three months. And honestly, I really I didn't want to be angry with him, but I I was. And now I've got to go to the airport to bring him home. And I hate I hate motorway driving at the best of times. And I knew this was going to be disastrous. It, this was going to be disastrous. But thankfully, my, my saviour, Brian Barnett, advised me to do kind of like a cost-benefit exercise. And this is what I actually came up with. So for me then, driving approximately seven hours, that's to and from the, the airport, that that's going to irritate me. Going into the airport during this COVID-19 with all this quarantine and all the worry of um, contamination and whatever, that's going to irritate me. The cost of petrol and kind of car parking was going to be about £65. I mean, all right, then that's going to irritate me, but it's got to be done. The 24 hours before kind of leaving for the airport would kind of irritate me just thinking about the whole journey and kind of that preconceived idea. So that's no good. That's going to irritate me as well. I knew that my husband would be tired and he'd fall asleep in, in the car coming back on this journey. That's going to irritate me as well. I knew that. And also because of the lockdowns, there's no, I'm not going to be able to just keep stopping off and getting my, my Costa. And so I thought, oh God, this looked like a, a lose-lose situation, the whole thing was really going to result in me being really annoyed and actually driving really annoyed. And I was thinking, oh God, this, this was going to be his first day back after all this time away. And I was actually blooming, I was dreading it. But then I came up with another option. A taxi was would cost £135. Right, okay, I thought, mm, I can't really afford £135, but the petrol and parking was going to be £65, so for like the extra 70 quid, £70, I could just stay at home and then kind of wait for him just to arrive. So I thought, right, okay, this £70, it's going to be cheaper the price when I considered, you know, all this driving and unnecessary stress and irritation. So that's what I did. I'll just give the taxi driver the flight number and then he met him at the at the arrivals. I mean, don't get me wrong, I knew that I'd still have to kind of deal with the situation when he actually arrived. But I'd avoided so much of this stress by just staying at home. So really, I've got to say, this was, this was actually, this was a fantastic decision. He was obviously tired when he did get home. And he went straight to the bathroom to, to kind of shower before greeting me. I mean, obviously with the COVID and whatever, he's just been traveling on a plane and then going through the airports and whatever. Anyway, 
So I made him this, I made him a cup of coffee. He hugged me and then he asked me how I was. I thought, oh God, this was my moment now. Here he was actually asking me how I was. So what was my choices? Should I make, um, should I make a snide remark? Avoid say, saying what I was actually thinking? I mean, that'd be the usual pattern. And then be annoyed with him for, you know, not knowing why I was annoyed. Quietly simmer for a while in the corner and then boil, boil, boil. I could kind of see it all in, unraveling, you know, if you like, in my mind's eye. And I thought, no, please, <laughs> not the spiteful tongue. Please, God, just keep that cage. Don't let it loose. Especially on his first day back. God, let alone his first hour back. But then, you know something, the strangest, the strangest thing happened. And when I say strange, I mean that in a, in a really kind of, what should I say, wonderful kind of way. But I replied, right, I'm really very angry with you. In fact, I'm, I, I did use the F word, but I did say I'm actually still furious with you. And, you know, he just looked at me. And then after a little bit of silence, he just said, I know. And, you know, I really wish that I'd listened to you when you, you told me not to go. I know. That's all he said. And do you know something? Strange. <laughs> like I say, it's kind of so strange. But that was enough. That was just enough. I didn't feel angry or even kind of slightly irritated. I didn't feel the need to kind of make a withdrawal, you know, from that bank of previous misdemeanours. I didn't feel the need to blame him for the situation. It was like I felt validated. I'd expressed my feelings calmly and assertively, and I felt I felt validated. Anyway, that was um, that was just over two weeks ago, and I haven't even thought about it since. And so that's for me. I'm going to keep trying to kind of like you know state my needs and feelings calmly and assertively. So that's. That's the homework for me, but yeah. And anyway, that's it for me for now. And as ever, I really, really do appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. And if you could, can you continue to comment, like, share and subscribe? That'd be absolutely great. And I hope you have a fabulous weekend and hopefully speak to you soon. Bye.